listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. What's up, family? How you doing this morning? Good? Really? Sweet. I love it. I love your enthusiasm this morning. You're with me. I feel it. So every time you hear something you like, I want you to say, amen. I want you to say, glory to God. I want you to say, Pastor Jason, you look great. No, don't say that. Don't say that. That would, that would be an untruth or a lie. As I, no, we won't go there. Anyways, man, I'm so glad you're here this morning. Thank you for being with us here at the mission. And just so you know, if this is your first time with us, Here's the deal about our church, and and this is key that you grasp right up front, is that we're not just a church, we're a family, and we believe that uh, there's room for anyone and people from all walks of life in this family, no matter where they're at in their stage of life. And so thank you for choosing to be with us this morning. Uh, Every two years, right around this time, We set aside a few weeks to remind ourselves of who we are as a church. And uh, we do this for two reasons. One, it helps us, uh, it it helps newer uh, family members, um, uh, newer, newer folks to the church that maybe have joined our family of believers within the last year or so to understand who we are as a church and what we're called to. And uh, and what we believe. And two, it also helps, uh, helps those of us that have been around for uh, years and years and years to refocus and evaluate what kind of stewards we are being of the calling we have received as a church. And, and honestly, this is one of my favorite times of year because there's so much to celebrate. We, like, yesterday was the anniversary, the five-year anniversary of the very first Sunday morning preview service of the, of the mission yesterday. We, we, we did our very first Sunday morning service ever yesterday. So we did a service, and then we, like, figured out all the kinks, and then started in February for real. <laughs> so so, it, was a, so it, was a, it, was a, it was a preview service, and so there's just so much to celebrate around this time of year, and, and it's just become one of my favorite times. Uh, and, and, and a large part of it is because we get to discuss together who God made the mission Redlands to be as a unique expression of church. And if you visited a lot of churches before, maybe you grew up in church or you, you've church hopped a little bit, like there, you know that there's no two churches alike. Like each has its own unique identity within their larger identity as a congregation of the body of Christ. And churches across the world worship, make disciples, pray, take communion, serve their communities in all kinds of different ways. Some worship services are held under the shade of a tree with people seated on blankets among lush green grass. Others are held in dark basements hidden uh, from hostile groups of people that wish to do them harm because of the beliefs they hold so dear. Um, 
Other church services are held in massive buildings with beautifully rich architecture and long stained glass windows from floor to ceiling. And and even still, more churches are held within the warmth and hospitality of homes across the world where people gather around the Bible and a bread bowl. And they literally break bread together with like, cheddar broccoli soup in it, right? Who's down with that? Cool. Yeah, amen. That's right. That's right. There you go. There you go. That's right. That's right. All these, all of these are unique expressions of what this thing called church can look like. And through this series, we're going to begin today uh, to talk about and, and to inform you about what our unique expression of church looks like. And, and we decided to call it This Is Us, not just because we're fans of the popular television show, uh, but because, <laughs> not because, not only because of that, but, but because we hope to communicate, that, that is exactly what we hope to communicate over the next several weeks, is, is this is who we are, this is what we believe, this is where we're going, this is us. And this is what Jesus is doing in our unique expression of church. And so a couple years ago, like two years ago, a few of us were sitting around a lunch table at Cal Baptist University in the, in the, in the lunchroom there. And basically, we were having a bit of an identity crisis as a church at that time. Like, um, and, and through lots of discussion, we realized that we had a plan for how we wanted to make disciples, you know, we, we had a discipleship making process, connect, grow, serve. We had um, other organizational pieces in place, uh, but we didn't really know who we were as a church. Um, and, and, and at the time of this discussion, it would have marked about three years of the life of the Mission Redlands. And during those three years that it had existed, we had gone through some pretty pretty drastic changes, and, and I kind of feel like our identity as a church never sat still long enough to fully gel. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, right. It's, it, it just never fully gelled, and so, um, and so we went to work, and we asked the Lord to give us a defining statement that said plainly who we are as a church, and and what we were called to, and we realized really quickly that this was a bigger question than just the three of us around a lunch table could handle. So, so we needed some smarter people. So, um, so we added some voices from our leadership team into the conversation, and through much discussion and thought and prayer, we came up, we feel like the Lord just gifted us this statement, and, and we came up with it and it and it says it says exactly what we want to reflect as our unique expression of church and it's this we are a growing community living out God's radical love maybe you've heard that before if you've ever been here before you've heard that <laughs> a lot of prayer, thought, and discussion went into every word of that statement. And over the next several weeks, we, we are going to break it down 
piece by piece, starting with the word growing. And, and, and this is the first identifier in the statement. And so let's, uh, let's take a look at the first few words of our identity statement. We are a growing so let's drop the A, first of all, because the A ha- applies to the rest of the statement. So let's just drop the A and see what we are growing. We are growing, which is completely true. We are growing. Some people, when they read that, they immediately jump to numerical growth. And, and they assume that the word growing is meant to reflect our size as a church and, and reflect that we are growing in attendance of our church. And other people jump to the conclusion that uh, it's, it's more to do with spiritual growth, that the fact that our church is made up of people who are constantly evolving and growing and exploring the depths of Christ-likeness. And to both of those people and their assumptions, I say, you're right. You're right. It's not an either or. It's a both and. It's a both and. And here's the key. Here's the key to this. This is really important, so catch this. Healthy, growing churches are made up of healthy, growing Christians. You get that? Healthy, growing churches are made up of healthy, growing Christians. It's cause and effect. You can't have one without the other. Both parts are vital. It's not, it's not impossible to grow as a church without Christians who are experiencing spiritual growth. There's many forms that can take. And we're not going to dive into those at all um, because it's not where we're going. But I would venture to say that sooner or later, the true health of the believers within the body will be revealed, and that will impact the numerical growth of the church. And, and, and that's why, whether you have been a believer for 20 years, or two days, or 30 seconds, continuing to grow spiritually as a Christ follower has to be a priority in our lives. And so the question becomes Am I growing? Am I growing? How do I know that I haven't stalled out in my spiritual growth? Or gone off on some rabbit trail of good intentions, but lack of substance? Um, Well, the Apostle Peter would say, look at the evidence of your life. In the book of 1 Peter, Peter is writing this letter to the Christians in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, Uh, these non-Jewish Christians were suffering from great harassment and hostility from their Greek and Roman neighbors. And and Peter's writing to these believers to encourage them in the midst of suffering. But when 2 Peter was written, the second letter um, to these same people, Peter, excuse me, Peter had become aware that he was going to die. He had become aware that he was going to die, which came to fruition during the reign of the Roman emperor Nero. Uh, So in many ways, this second letter acts as Peter's farewell speech. Uh, But in the beginning of this farewell, Peter offers a challenge and reminder to Christ followers, and it's this. Catch this. Never stop growing. Never stop growing. Let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 
beginning at verse 1. Give you a second to get there. All right, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before I go any further, I just want to tell you this section of Scripture is pretty dense. It's, it's very dense, and we're going to break it down. So let's read it through all the way this one time, and then we're going to break it down, okay? So, so if you don't catch it all right away, it's totally fine, okay? Um, picking up at verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness, Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? You got that all? Need me to keep going? Or? Okay, if you, if you got it, I can quit. But man, holy Moses, did I have to sit with that scripture for a while this week. Like, Um, there is so much packed into those 11 verses. And Peter starts off with a pretty standard uh, greeting to his fellow believers. But in verse 3, that's where, as Marty McFly would say, things got heavy. It's heavy. And he says in verse 3, His, being God's, divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. That right there, that alone is crazy, right? If you stop and think about it, that's just bananas. Because... Um, of what, because of what God has done, because of his own divine power, he has given us all, 
He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And that word godliness, uh, that can be confusing like we can become gods or something like that. But but in the the Greek, godliness is actually uh, translated as the word eusebia, eusebia, which means devoutness or devotion to God. So verse Three and four are saying, God, through his own power, has given us everything we need to live a life in devotion to him. And we have received this gift by coming to know him, but only because of his loving mercy, he made it possible. And because he did, we now get the full benefits of his amazing promises, which many, uh, of which many Peter shared about in his sermon at Pentecost, uh, like the forgiveness of sins, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and eternal life, and etc. There, there's tons of them. And, and, and taking hold of these divine promises while escaping our sinful desires enables us to become partakers in God's divine nature. That's a big thought right there. What does that mean? The Greek word for partaker is koinonos, koinonos, which literally means share or sharer. And and so with these promises, through the forgiveness of sins, Peter is saying that God is literally inviting us to share in his divine nature. Now, again, not to belabor this, but this concept can be confusing. So for clarity's sake, this doesn't mean that we ever become a part of God. But amazingly, we get to share in his nature by becoming more and more like him. I hope that makes sense. But, but this is the invitation to never stop growing Peter gives us. And how do we know we are growing? What is the evidence of our spiritual growth, verses 5 through 8 give a detailed account. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours, and not just yours, but are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter gives a list of seven things to look for that are great signs. They're awesome signs of continued spiritual growth. He says, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Virtue means moral excellence. So morality. Uh, So supplement your faith with moral excellence and knowledge. Knowledge in terms of understanding and also self-control. Man, do I hate that that one is on there. I really hate it. I hate that that one's on there. I would feel so much better about myself if that one was excluded, right? But it isn't. So we got to look at it, right? And and self-control, meaning mastering our desires and passions. Both passion and desire can be a great thing that the Lord gives us. 
But unhealthy desires and passions can get out of hand really quick. So supplement your faith with virtue, knowledge, self-control, and steadfastness, which is just a churchy word for unwavering or steady, and godliness, which we already talked about earlier, which just means devotion to God. But that's not where the list ends. Nope, there's, there's, there's two more. The first of which is the phrase brotherly love. Brotherly love, which in Greek is the word Philadelphia. Philadelphia, which I share only with you, frankly, because I just thought that was super cool. Philadelphia, right? (laughs) Philadelphia, brotherly love, right? That's crazy. All I can think when I say Philadelphia is the boss's song, Streets on the Streets of Philadelphia. Sorry. Um, And I share, oh, I said that already. That's just darn cool, isn't it? Philadelphia means brotherly love in Greek. Man. So virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godly lo- godliness, brotherly love, and capping them all off the one that may sound redundant, but it's not because it's love. Love. And love is the ultimate result of true faith and allowing God to work in your life. That's love. That list is full of heavy hitters, right? And and I don't want you to feel discouraged if you look at it and don't see evidence of those things in your life. I do not want you to feel discouraged. Do not leave here discouraged. I want you to feel challenged. I want you to feel like leaving here challenged, like I was challenged. And here's why. None of us will ever be able to fully check off any of those things on the list until we are in eternity. And this world is in our rearview mirror. We are in the midst of a continually growing, a continual growing process while we still have breath in our lungs on this earth. Mission Church, we should never, ever stop Growing in this life spiritually, we will never reach the place that Kobe Bryant did where our jerseys are retired and hung in the rafters, right? Like, like we, we, we just won't, we, we don't reach that place in this life. The spiritual growth we are called to uh, ends on the day we see Jesus face to face. But that's only one side of the growth coin in the mission identity statement. The other side is, is numerical growth. And, and compared to spiritual growth, this one's so easy. It's super easy. So back to what I said earlier, if healthy growing churches are made up of healthy growing Christians, then there has to be an evangelistic aspect to our spiritual growth. When we talk about numerical growth in church, people tend to jump to the conclusion that the church leadership just wants more people to increase giving and service attendance and increase the status of the church to make them feel like good leaders. And I'm here to tell you plainly, all kidding aside, that is not the heart of the Mission Church. That's not the heart of the Mission Redlands. Not that giving and being a regular, a part of this church family Community isn't important because it is important. It's just not the end-all, be-all goal of why we want to grow numerically as a church. When we talk about growing in numbers, which we do talk about, 
We approach it from the place of wanting people who don't know Jesus to come into the knowledge of the truth. And for Jesus to not only be Savior to them, but also Lord of their lives. Numerical growth is important because we want everyone we come into contact with to experience Jesus. The Apostle Paul gets right to the heart of the matter in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And it's going to be on the screen. You don't need to turn there. He says this. First of all, then I urge that supplication, prayer, intercessors, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And verse 3 is where it gets good, so don't zone out. Uh, This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Verse 4 clearly states that it is God's desire for all people to become saved by the knowledge of the truth. And, and what is that truth? Verse 5 says it, that there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and His name is Jesus Christ. He is the one who gave Himself to the cross to bear the sin and shame of all mankind. And in the proper time, this is the testimony we should give. If we're growing as Christians, part of our spiritual growth process will naturally be to want to, to want the people around us to know the good news of the gospel that has become so real in our life from, from our growth, from our spiritual growth. It's not about numbers. It's about lost sons and daughters coming home to the Father God. That's what it's about. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come on back up at this time. And in conclusion, if, if you found yourself with us today for the first time or the thousandth time, is that a word? Thousandth? That's a word, right? Our goal here today is to, to let you know that this family of believers is a gr- growing community living out God's radical love, and that the growth we see happening in our community is twofold. It's growth that says, Jesus, I never want to stop running deeper into you. It's a growth that says there is no mile marker to be reached on this earth where we can retire from spiritual growth. It's a growth journey we are choosing to be on until the Lord and love of our lives return. And King Jesus will return. We also see a growth in the mission that deeply desires others to experience this King for themselves. To know the joy, peace, grace, love, 
of our Savior. But there's also a desire within this family for those in our life who are lost to not just stop at Jesus being their Savior, but for Him to also be Lord. Lord of their lives. And when Jesus isn't just your Savior, but, but Lord, you can't help but grow. You can't help but want to know Him more. You can't help but want to share Him. This is who we are. This is who we are becoming. This is us. We're a growing community. I just want to go to prayer now. So if you just bow your heads. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being Savior. Thank you for being friend. We invite you to be Lord, Lord of our lives. Father God, show us those areas in our walk with you that we need to grow. Help us to look with eyes wide open for the evidence of spiritual growth in our life. Help us to be woke. Help us to be paying attention. And Lord, if we just need to re-enter the journey today, God, maybe, maybe we exited the journey. Maybe we gave up on you at some point. Maybe it became too hard or too discouraging somewhere along the way. For those in the room that have been there or are there now, I would like to pray for you. Jesus, Put a burden in our hearts to reintroduce ourselves to you. To speak to you as friend and savior. To invite you to work in our lives. To invite you to come and make your word alive. And to those of us who this journey has become stagnant and maybe we put our own jersey up in the rafters. I want to pray for you. Lord, I pray for those people who have maybe stepped off the journey and felt like they are, were finished. Lord, I pray that you invigorate them. I pray that you infuse a new wonder and a new hunger in their hearts. 
Lord, I pray that you would instill the truth, instill this truth in their hearts that we have not yet become, but we are becoming. And we invite you to be Lord of all, Lord of all in our lives. Father God, we don't deserve your grace and mercy, and yet you give it every time. So we thank you, Lord. We just admit humbly that we need you, Lord. We invite you to do a deep healing work in us. And as the ushers come forward now, we just lift up our tithes and offering. Father God, simply we just recognize We say it week after week after week, but it's so true, Lord. Everything we have is a blessing from you. Everything we have is a gift from you. And so we give back to you, we bring back to you, rather, what is already yours. Because who are we to give you anything? It's already yours. So take it and bless it and send it out to our neighbors and the nations. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.